0: Hello and welcome to this bonus New York Fashion Week edition of the Glossy Podcast. I'm Jill Manoff, Glossy's Editor-in-Chief, and today I'm joined by Danny Parisi, Glossy's fashion reporter. What's up, Danny?
1: Hello, Jill. Good to see you. Good to talk to you.
0: We are both recovering from nearly a week of bouncing around New York Fashion Week shows and events. Of course, it was the first New York Fashion Week with a full schedule of IRL shows since February 2020. So we went in with some expectations but also with some questions. Would the fashion community come out? Would designers go all out? And what safety precautions would be made? So today we're going to recap what we experienced and dig in a bit to what that means for the future of the event and of the industry. Let's get to it.
1: I love New York Fashion Week and this was the first time I'd actually like gone to events in like almost two years. So uh, I really had a great time and I always do but I'm always completely wiped out by the end of it.
0: Yeah, my body's like in shock, but definitely some newness that I really, uh, it it was obvious to me. Well, obviously the vaccination uh, element, show your vaccine card, Mm -hmm. come, it's going to be safe. The capacity is going to be lowered. Uh, They're going to recommend that you wear a mask. Uh, Did you feel safe? What was your experience?
1: I did. Something that was notable to me was how inconsistent it was depending on which show you went to. Um, I went to some that were extremely strict, um, or at least felt strict. Uh, uh, the Kate Spade um, event that they did was entirely outdoors, but everyone was wearing masks anyway, and you had to show a vaccine card. Um, and then I went to other events that was like, no masks, no vaccine cards, no nothing, felt like you know no different from any show at previous seasons. So, um, but I didn't necessarily feel unsafe at any time. I mean, i'm vaccinated i feel like most of the people there are so like i don't know I, I didn't feel too unsafe about it but i definitely noticed that uh some of them were less some of the some of the events were a little more cavalier than others
0: you're right it was such a range i i started paying really close well obviously i was p- paying attention but um i saw that cc boo from TikTok tock put mm-hmm. um, a post out i think it was on instagram stories is where i saw it but it was just saying she called out that you know they were looking at your app if you had a vaccine I don't know what it's even called in New York, but um, to prove that you, thank you very much. (laughs) And that they were, you know, looking at the barcode, they weren't scanning the barcode. You could have had a screenshot from anybody. Um, I also experienced the range uh, where one show, you know, I was changing purses, go with my outfit. And I forgot at one point my card. And I was like, oh shoot, am I going to be able to get in? Um, And they did not check. But then the level you see what's professional and what's maybe not done so professionally when I went to Tom Brown which I'm going to probably mention a million times it was my ultimate favorite show but it was they were on it where if you didn't have a mask they said do you have a mask Could you put one on please and also they compared your card to your ID they looked you in the face and they said enjoy the show Jill so you could tell that they were you know they were eyeing Mm. it really well so again the range
1: I do think that it's interesting how leading up to the event and or leading up to the week and in previous seasons, I feel like the brands were very, you know, presenting this image of like super cautious, being very careful, um, which is good. And I think a lot of them did that. But once you're actually there, I kind of felt like some of the actual concern dropped away a little bit, both from the, the people running the events and also the attendees. Like I said, once I was there and at the event, like. Kind of just didn't feel as uncomfortable as I thought I would, especially for being back for the first time.
0: Yeah, everybody was in party mode. It was like anything goes. I know. It was like rule schmools. Um, yeah. Did you note know, you mentioned outdoor shows, like as there were indoor shows, of course, as well? Um, was it about half and half for you? I know that. Um, that was new to me. So many outdoor shows. I went to one, uh, Revolve had their collaboration and that the show, corresponding show um, with Peter Dundas, that was outside on a rooftop. It was spectacular, so beautiful. And then this one, which was interesting and it speaks to, I guess, the inclusivity versus exclusivity of the event. It was at Wagner Park. We were overlooking the Uh, Statue of Liberty. It was gorgeous. But honestly, people that were jogging in the park were just standing and crowding around and saying, what's going on? And it was just like everybody could just have access, which was kind of cool, actually. Um, But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Yeah,
1: No, I I think that's very cool, too. I I would say it was a good mix. I'm not sure. Maybe, yeah, maybe about half and half um, outdoor and indoor shows. And like I said, there was some like Tanya Taylor that was like kind of indoors, but very open. You know, all the doors and windows open and everything. when I went to the, the imitation of Christ show, which I will talk about later. Cause that's my, was my highlight of the week. Um, that was supposed to be indoors. Uh, and then I had taken my seat inside. It was at St. Mark's church. Um, and a couple other people had sat down. I got to go in first cause I was press. And then a woman came in and was like, uh, last minute change. Uh, everyone come outside for like the show. And I think they actually did go back inside afterwards for a, uh, a second show I guess indoors but it was sort of an impromptu like let's do it out in the like sort of cemetery outside the church which was very cool and that was a similar thing like there's a fence around it but it's very easy to see through and there was a big crowd of people who were maybe had no idea what was even happening who were looking through the fence and watching the show
0: Jonathan Zumke I guess I said he had a hybrid event it was literally half on the rooftop like on a, a walk out and half inside where the models were kind of weaving between anyway crazy let's let's move on go ahead
1: yeah i was going to say speaking of hybrid shows i was going to move on to uh talking about in real life shows and virtual shows because obviously the last two seasons have been mostly virtual and this was the first one i think uh that had a hefty in real life component um what did you think about i mean we talked about sort of the safety of it but did you feel like the designers took full advantage of Being back in person because I, one of my sort of low lights of the week is that I didn't feel like it was that different from previous fashion weeks. I, you'd think that with a year and a half to, you know, rethink the whole concept, you'd see some cool ideas. It kind of felt like a lot of the same to me though.
0: Yeah. It's, funny I, I my take on it was I'm trying to give designers the benefit of the doubt and say they're easing into it you know it's kind of a first stab at IRL in a while a couple of shows I, I was like just did this need to be a show or was there anything I guess extra um, not to talk smack because I love these designers but like for instance Veronica beard they had a presentation It was not on models. It was all dress forms. You see the the looks on dress forms lining a wall. Um, Interesting. I mean, there were some fun components. Like you go go outside and get uh, coffee and donuts from a little food truck. That was cute. Um, But, you know... I could have seen maybe a lookbook and had the same effect or have been able to view the clothes in the same way. Um, and also, you know, a brand that I love, Bevza, they do these those like amazing high-cut bodysuits that are like mm-hmm. show your hips and they're so cute. Anyway, um, I saw their show at Spring Studios. It was, you know, the type of looks that are maybe like more everyday versus a runway statement look. And also the the venue wasn't full and it almost felt like meh. But then Yet. Tom Brown, which I had never been mm-hmm. to. It was just like it was like theater. It was a show. And it w- reminded me of the comparison between um, what everybody's saying with retail. Like, do you have to have an experience to be a draw now that everybody's shopping online? Because I would like I would go out to see that show anytime. It's like I'm going to have this amazing experience and be inspired and moved and even just the people in the audience and the people that were, I guess, performing and the clothes were spectacular. It was like, amazing. I would go out and go to that show any time of the year, not even during fashion week. Um, and that is something, yeah, that was worth my while. So again, yeah, the combination, do you need a show? Do you not? I think you need a show if you're going to do it up otherwise. Yeah. Why will people come and do you tease that? Like, how do you, how do you, You know maybe just you have that reputation for doing it up like tom brown
1: yeah i think the spectacle is the reason you go to these shows anyway especially like they they've clearly become very consumer focused kind of events especially with see now buy now and stuff like that which we'll talk about in a minute um but yeah i kind of felt the same where there were some shows that i was like there just wasn't this didn't need to be a show at the same time i spoke to several designers who were like I cannot do virtual shows. They're just like so boring and, and a waste of time for us. Uh, Tanya Taylor told me that they they didn't do like any in-person stuff for like the last year and a half. They only did, uh, or they did a, a couple of virtual things and then just like stopped doing that too. And she was like, it's just too easy to look at your phone and get distracted. It's like, it if you're not there in person, it just becomes one of a million digital things you could be looking at at any moment. Um, and the, the liveness aspect of it, it's not really appointment viewing. So you kind of like, Oh, okay, I'll watch it. I'll get to it. Eventually I'll watch it tomorrow or next week or something. And it just gets lost. So um, for sure, I agree. I think that was, what I was going to say later in the show, but that's the, the highlight to me was the spectacle of some of the things the the Kate Spade show again, which I mentioned was like a big apple orchard that they built in the middle of Gansevoort Plaza um, it was 30,000 apples or something that you could, pick it was that's the kind of thing you want to go to fashion week for just to see it
0: yeah, you're so right. I was thinking that I would have loved to be at the uh, Tory Burch show. That was. Uh, it looks like they cut off a block of the street. They blocked off a block. Um, they were the models were walking the street. They were passing out bouquets to the attendees, and it just looked beautiful. And um, yeah, it kind of spoke to the moment where we're outside. We were trying to obviously. I, I want to use like spark joy. Like it seemed like a joyful event, a happy event, um, and safe and outside. But. Um, Let's speak to other, I guess, newness. You said the spectacle that that applies to, I guess, both on the stage or on the runway and kind of the people watching. I was wondering, you know, there's a lot of womp womp by editors that like I always say I'm the last editor that still loves Fashion Week because I love Mm. it so much. And there's a lot of, you know, people that have tired of it. My eyes, I was seeing the editors out. I saw Kate Lamphere at Jonathan, um, Simkai. Um, and anyway, the vibe was up. I felt like people came out and were excited to be out after a year and a half, which was awesome. I felt like the fashion was on the street and people were um, coming out and making, I don't know, to the nines and, and great looks. Um, anyway, did you feel the same way? Did you feel like the yep. energy was up?
1: yeah i did and i i feel this way every year or every season like people love to say like fashion week is stupid and it's lame and they're it's like never as good as it used to be and then they always show up at all the shows and like dress great every time anyway so i i've kind of felt that way i mean i wore very uncomfortable but very stylish suede shoes all day even though i had to walk like several miles and i did it because i wanted to be seen at fashion week like wearing these cool suede shoes so um yeah i i saw a lot of street style and i felt like the energy i mean the lack of attendance was a little bit of a damper on that and i know that that's partially enforced you know that they don't want to have these big crowds um but that is like another thing i associate with fashion week is like seeing big crowds outside of spring studios and uh you know thousands of Influencers in the street with their boyfriends taking pictures of them and like blocking traffic and stuff. And uh, so I always like seeing that. And I did see a little bit of that actually, right down in Dumbo. There was a woman doing some sort of like athleisure photo shoot or something with a whole team of people. So awesome. There was still like there's still people causing a scene and and taking pictures and stuff like that. Uh, but the lack of attendance definitely made it feel slightly diminished from from previous seasons.
0: Yes, I have to say, I said. I think that PR people or whoever's behind the scenes, they had their work cut out for them because how do you limit capacity to 100, 150 people and ensure, you know, that all the seats are filled and that there's that balance because there's always been standing room. It's kind of packed house and people shuffle in like one minute before the start of the show. Um, so it, ha- it could not have been easy, that's for sure. Uh, one thing that was noticeable, I guess, the, su- the switch from... Uh, traditional celebrities, the actors, the musicians. I did see uh, Sierra at Revolve and a couple of places. She's amazing. But um, in, in favor of, I guess, uh, influencers, Tinks was around. I saw, gosh, Tom Brown was crawling with everybody, including like the stars of uh, League Fits, my new favorite Instagram. But like a lot of um, athletes, it was more influencers. There were athletes. I I feel like there were less of the traditional celebs, but who did you see out and about? I don't
1: think I really saw anybody that I recognize personally. I'm really bad at influencers and and keeping track of all the different names and stuff. Like I know the Demelios and a couple others, but um, I'm much more uh, keen on seeing and and perk up on upon seeing an actual like traditional celebrity. I shouldn't say actual; these people are celebrities too. <laughs> um, but like to me, they're they're I'm like face blind with all the Instagram influencers. You know, I don't really recognize them. So I I there was definitely a. A, a tremor through the crowd at a couple of shows and I heard people whispering like oh my god that's her that's so-and-so. so and so so I got the sense that they were out but I just like didn't really identify them personally
0: <laughs> I'm all about it at, at Cynthia Rowley um, her daughter was there who was a bachelorette contestant or a bachelor contestant mm. and then the next show I went to was Alice and Olivia and um, Rachel from the same season of The Bachelor was there and I'm like what mm. is going on with The Bachelor <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, to me the most notable sighting was uh from 2 years ago, I guess. I went to the Naeem Khan sh- show and saw Ewan McGregor shadowing Naeem Khan as research for playing Halston, which was like like a year out from from coming out. So, that to me was more notable than an influencer sighting just because like I love and McGregor. So, uh but yeah, I mean, d- did major. you see anybody else that you did you see any like more traditional like movie stars or anything or was it all people like that
0: no and i do think it's a noticeable shift i used to be friends with somebody from my hometown of st louis was the head of gosh i don't know if it was vip um something to that i i don't know what it was called um and at michael kors and he used to you know get us into the show and he would like be in charge of ushering all the celebrities in and it was, you know, all of those guys like Deborah Messing and J-Lo and it was just like spectacular. So anyway, I didn't feel that vibe. Again, I wasn't at all all the major shows um, that like the Tom Ford, I don't know who was there, Um, but yeah.
1: Yeah, Jill, I also wanted to ask you about um, See Now, Buy Now and kind of like that whole like seasonal model. I know you had that in the show notes, but did you see like, shopping prompts like i didn't really see like prompts necessarily like you know a direct like scan this qr code and buy this look or something like that but i definitely feel like this seasonality shift has been noticeable and maybe it's more so that i've just heard that from talking to designers and less so like visible at the actual shows but i know that's been happening did you see like actual prompts like that
0: No, I was going to ask you also, but I did notice that people were shopping. You saw um, with Afterpay and Revolve, they had this partnership. Mm -hmm. There was something called the Revolve Gallery that was shoppable and everywhere. I did see people carrying large, which I'm sure they did this intentionally. They were very large Revolve bags. Um, So it looks like they had they had made a purchase, Um, but it's interesting. I think that, you know, a lot of these sponsorships are really um, that are, I guess, behind see now by now we saw Afterpay sponsoring the a lot of the the official sponsor of fashion week um laquan smith um they showed up at his show he was doing see now by now as well mm-hmm. um
1: jason Wu, i believe maison Kitsuné.
0: yeah and back in the day we saw um lowe's like there was home furnishings uh, or yeah. depart sponsoring uh shows that i know you wrote about in the past and really they are Helping to support the funding of these shows, so designers, as they're struggling the last couple of years, or you know, they don't have a hundred thousand dollars to spend on a show like they used to. Um, these partnerships are so crucial. So you've got to wonder, you know, what came first, the afterpay sponsorship or Laquan Smith to do See Now Buy Now, because afterpay was really supporting him and this amazing show. Same with Jason I'm- Wu.
1: I would not be surprised if it was the Afterpay sponsorship that came first. I mean, Afterpay is really big. They have a lot of money to throw around and they are very interested in fashion. Just uh, Obviously, I mean, you can use Afterpay for lots of different things, but I just know from talking to them that they're very interested in fashion and high fashion, like luxury stuff too. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was uh, a little bit more push from them to make this happen. Um, I did want to say though, on the the subject of Seen Out, Buying Out, like this... I think there's there's two things working for and against it to me which is that you know the this was already happening before the pandemic but the seasonal sort of calendar i think is all you know kind of disintegrating and has been for a little bit um i think there's a consumer um move towards buying stuff at when you see it you know and and selling the season that you're showing instead of having this complicated like kind of outdated Thing where it's like oh this thing on the runway you can't actually get that for like eight more months or something like that on the other hand though and this is more uh more of an issue now is that see now buy now requires a different supply chain um sort of structure and as you know if you've been reading glossy's reporting if you've been reading my reporting specifically there is a non-stop uh, just a never-ending stream of issues in the supply chain right now so Part of the benefit of the the old seasonal model was that you could uh, sort of gauge interest and you know place your orders and stuff well in advance and kind of you know predict the demand. See now, buy now requires you to have a lot of that stuff handled beforehand. It requires a faster supply chain, and there's just you know the ports have been blocked up for like over a year now, so like that's not getting any easier. So I can see you know the trends moving like. Towards C now by now, but also a little bit against it, and and it's going to be a while before the supply chain stuff figures itself out.
0: Agree. Well, running out of time. Let's talk highlights, lowlights. What were yours?
1: Um, okay, I think we we mentioned both of mine already, but uh, just to to spell them out, the highlight for me was just the spectacle of it all. Um, I think that spectacle, and by that I mean just you know big bombastic experiences that are unique and and you know thrilling, um, can be very Valuable on their own like it's just fun to see, you know. uh, Oh, so I mentioned the imitation of Christ show. Yeah, when they did it outside. It was like In a cemetery outside and they had the models come out one by one and they walked but then they stayed in the cemetery and like struck a, a weird pose and they held it and then another model would come out and do another pose and once everyone was out, they all shifted into another pose. And then you could sort of walk around and walk through and look at all the models. And it was almost like being in a living statue garden, kind of. It it was really cool. And and it was just, you know, like you said, with Tom Brown, it was kind of like theater. Um, And so to me, being able to see that stuff in person, like if I, I took a video of it and I was watching the video later and I was like, if I wasn't there, I would think this looks stupid. But being there in person, it actually was really cool. So getting to see a little more of that was cool. My low light for me was attendance. Like I, again, I know that it's, you know, enforced a little bit to have fewer people there, but it was kind of sad to see some of these, some of these places uh, or some of these events just kind of threadbare in terms of the crowd. You know, yeah. um, they were doing their best, and a lot of them were in slightly smaller venues and stuff, so it didn't feel as empty. But a couple, a couple shows I went to, I was like, where is everybody? <laughs>
0: yes. Womp. I mean, yeah. they're missing out. I would say, yeah, what's yours? Uh, yeah I would say highlight uh, like I mentioned the street style, the uh the fact that people did go all out. There was the question, are are people going to wear sweatpants and sneakers? I saw some sneakers. I did even wear sneakers one day, <laughs> but it went with the look. Um but also the fact that some people like did not disappoint. Rebecca Minkoff, I was not at her show, but I was on. We covered it greatly um that she always does something um, innovative and she like whatever is the hot emerging thing you she'll probably tap into last season you wrote about only she was doing OnlyFans. only um, fans yeah. totally in this season she was um she debuted her, her first nfts Um and of course she did like there was no doubt about it so um the fact that she really stepped up and also the fact that <laughs> Tom Brown's production. And he invited me and invite me again, please, please, please. Um, <laughs> it was just anyway, so, so cool being there. And, um, like you said, it was like, it was choreographed. It was more of an effort. It was just, um, awesome. Fashion meets theater meets, I don't know, fabulousness. <laughs> and then my low light, I, I love Laquan Smith and I've been to his show before. Um, to be honest, like it was a little bit of a cluster F, <laughs> getting into the show. Um, it reminded me it was not quite the extent of a Philip Lines show where he was having he would have Nicki Minaj and people were standing outside like. A swarm, which I was a part of at one point and did not get in, even though I had a oh, seat. It was the same thing with Laquan, where I went with a seat in hand and waited and waited and waited, did not get in. Um, a swarm of people, way I was like, oh God, um, keep my mask on. <laughs> but yeah, didn't <laughs> get in. And that was, I mean, a cool event. And it makes sense that it was a draw. Empire, the first fashion show ever at the Empire State Building. But um, yeah, I. You gotta feel for these people, you gotta fill your seats, but then again, let's not get crazy with the invite list and get get the press yeah. in there. Or you know what, we're gonna talk about it.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> or else you'll be the low light on our bonus episode, of New York Fashion Week. Yes,
0: but online it looked great. So I guess hybrid, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's um, true. Yes, expectations.
1: I feel like uh, my expectation is still a little more fragmentation around New York Fashion Week. Um, I, in the last couple of years, I've covered it a couple of times that a lot, especially the bigger brands are sort of thinking they don't need to show at the actual week. They can do before, they can do after, they can do it outside of New York. Like uh, people are sort of spreading out and maybe the pandemic and and coming back will make people want to focus it a little more on New York and on the week, just so that uh, you're getting the most amount of people in town. For example, Jill Manoff was in town uh, the last week. but I feel like the I still get the sense that the, the bigger brands are going to continue to think we can just do our own show whenever we don't need it to be part of a, a larger event or something. Uh, my other expectation is the ones that do stay at New York Fashion Week are going to you know, ramp up the scale. Obviously, the attendance hopefully will be able to be higher in the future. People will be more comfortable. Hopefully, more people will be vaccinated. So I'm hoping when February rolls, rolls around, it can be a little bit of a bigger affair, uh, bigger crowds. Um, at the same time, it's going to be a lot colder, so they're going to have to do indoor. That's a whole other thing. I'm, I'm sure they're they're working on figuring that out right now. Um, but yeah, those are my expectations. What about you?
0: I like it. And you know what? I like that you mentioned New York. I Another highlight was all the New York love. Obviously, it was during mm-hmm. se- around the time of September 11th and the big 20th anniversary. And to see that passion for the city was awesome. Yeah. Um, in terms of the evolution, I, I like also that um, – there was more a focus on these emerging designers. I thought that the runway showed more diversity. Um, and I think that that will, will continue to see that obviously there's a ways to go. Um, some <laughs> shows where I was like, is it really still tall, skinny white models? Like I can't believe this yeah. day and age that some brands still go there, but there were those cases for sure. Um, and I also would say, um, there will be more of an effort by the designers that show on site to make it more of a show. Otherwise they will just stick to the online um, virtual uh, format that where they are presenting to more of their audience or and their international audience as well. Um, and I think it's going to move beyond this twice a year event. Uh, Dominic Kafka, from IMG events or fashion events. I had him on the, on the regular glossy podcast and he mentioned that something's coming in December. And we know that some people are doing more of a see now buy now and more of a, I guess, hmm. off calendar show. So I have a hunch. Well, it the, the fashion week itself will be fragmented. We'll see more of them. Um, but TBD what that's about. I'm just making a guess. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I didn't know about that. That sounds cool though.
0: Yeah. So wait and see, y'all. Well, this was so fun. Did we hit on all of it, Danny? I think we did. I
1: think we did. I think we, we talked about everything. It was a very fun week and I was happy to be back. Um, and uh, yeah, New York is, uh, is kind of back.
0: Woo-hoo, at last. <laughs> Thanks, Danny. <laughs> Good talking to you.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Joe.
0: That's all for this episode. Our theme music is by Otis McDonald. If you liked this episode, be sure to share it with someone else you think would. Thanks for listening to The Glossy Podcast.